What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. It's Chuck and Chernoff on the fan. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Thursday. We will give you the latest on the Falcon coaching search. No resolution yet. But another interview has been completed. The Falcons announced Bobby Slowick's second interview. The Houston OC is now complete. So we'll keep you updated throughout the day on the next and the next rumor and the next uh, part of this search that does continue. We're on the fan on FM at 93.7. On AM at 680 and, of course, on our 680 The Fan mobile app. Please download that app if you don't have it. If the signal's not signaling the way you want, our app is always a solution to that problem. That app is like the herp. You just take it everywhere you go. I don't know if we were marketing it that way originally, but I, I guess I can see that. The uh, 4 o'clock hour of the show is presented <laughs> by Entry Point Doors and Windows. Atlanta's local expert for entry doors and windows. They're Atlanta's best for a reason. Go to entrypointatlanta.com for a free estimate. Coming up in a couple of minutes, math is telling us something about college football. Four. <laughs> that is very tough to listen to today. Eight. Well, it's not really those kind of numbers. We'll give you the true math coming up in a moment. But first, I told you this might be, and there might be plenty of reasons, but this might be the most compelling reason to not hire Bill Belichick for all you folks who don't want Bill in Atlanta. And I want to start it from the side of, like, forget the scenario where Bill is a failure. I'm going to give it to you as Bill's a success. Chuck, in year one, uh, Belichick goes 10-7. and seven. Falcons make the playoffs. Rousing success, he wins coach of the year. A year two, they get even better. They go 12-5. and five. They win a playoff game. It's another huge success. Year three, he's 13-4. and four. You make the bleeping Super Bowl. Like, let's think big. It's a rousing success. The Falcons have made the playoffs in three years. They built stability. They have an identity that they don't want to lose. Belichick is breezed by Don Shula two years ago, so he's got the record for all-time wins. But now Bill is 75 years old and contemplating retirement. But the Falcons are trying to convince him to come back for one more year. Whether he does or doesn't, doesn't matter. The question I would ask is, what would you, what would be your plan after that? And as we said, succession plan in place could make sense. But even if you do that, the likelihood is you have an assistant on your staff who will be learning his way as a first-time head coach at that point. So when, when we look around the league right now, there's a line of demarcation. And it really does revolve around coaching stability. Even when that coach has a disappointing year or two, ownership looks at him and says, we think bringing you back serves us better than going out into the open market and trying to find the next guy, be it a coordinator or a guy who's had a chance and giving him a second opportunity. And I, Chuck, I say this a lot. You might have the right guy, but he goes 7-10, and 10, but you just know. So I was looking at this list, and this is the picture of stability. Tell me what these guys have in common. You ready? Mike Tomlin at Pittsburgh, 17 years he's been there. 
Baltimore John Harbaugh, 16 years. Andy Reid, Kansas City, 11 years. Ram Sean McVay, 7. Bill Sean McDermott, 7 years. Kyle Shanahan, 7 years. Packers Mike LaFleur, 5 years. You know what those guys all have in common? They were in the playoffs this year. Again, they were in the playoffs. And their success has not been linear. Like, Sean McDermott has had a bunch of regular season success, but playoff failure after playoff failure. But Buffalo's like, we know what we have. We know what hasn't happened in the playoffs. We're going to bring him back for year eight because we think the stability is more important. Kyle Shanahan went 6-10, and 4-12, and 12 and 6-10 and 10 in three of his first four years. A lot of owners would have panicked. But the Niners were like, we know what we have. They didn't waver. I can say that about Zach Taylor. Chuck, do you remember Zach Taylor, the Bengals coach who's been there now five years? Yep. He yep. went 5-25 and 25 in his first two seasons. But the Bengals realized, we like what we have. We know what we have. There have been injuries. We're going to bring them back. That's I think Lions if you're that gamble. kind of owner and you realize what you have, it's such a big difference in, in the stability of your franchise. There, McVay, I remember the on-field results. And last year, they were all beat up to hell and everything else. They were and bad. so it picked up the conversation McVay's future it picked up it picked up steam everywhere except kind of around the Rams um kind of around Los Angeles um Campbell with the Lions were they one and five last year and they weren't so, so they, great they they made a big push at the end and just missed the playoffs so yeah they were not great his first season and no. then the next year I think they started one and five or one and six maybe um and there was no conversation involving Detroit or the Lions or what they were like, no, we think we know what we have here. And that was only a season and a half, so it would have been quick anyway. Um, it's interesting that as you were going through those names, it wasn't every one, but a lot of them, I will say we have sort of tried to start some conversation, whereas the team itself was like, no, we're good. We know what we have. Well, I'll add to it. Kevin Stefanski, the Browns head coach, his second and third years in Cleveland, he went 8-9 and nine and 7-10. and 10. After three years, if those are your two or three years, a lot of times you let the guy go, but they felt like they knew what they had, and they believed that the stability and the tenure mattered there. The, the Cowboys just showed you. As much as I don't agree what they're doing, they think the stability of Mike McCarthy is better than going out into the market and bringing in old Bill Belichick or new Bobby Slowick or retread or second-time coaches. That's what they believe. Whereas teams like the Falcons and Carolina, they're the opposite ends of the spectrum. Falcons are on their second coaching search since the end of 2020. Carolina is on their third. They just completed their third with their hire today of Dave Canales. The Falcons, a couple of times throughout Arthur Blank's career, whether it was Mike Smith having back-to-back losing seasons after five straight years, I wonder what the conversation was like. Because it didn't seem like there was much debate in Arthur Blank's mind that we're going to move on from Smitty. And the way we know that is, well, the story leaked about them hiring a search firm before the end of the season to replace Mike Smith. But I wonder if they had to do that over again. Mike had back-to-back awful years. Awful. Now, one of those years was injury-plagued. Would they have said, we like the stability that, that Mike gave us? We like those five really good years back-to-back-to-back-to-back. We think that's still who this guy is, and we stay with him. Conversely, they tried the stability of Dan Quinn, and it didn't pay off for them because they were trying to harken back to the glory year of 2016 and a little of 2017. There's your If you're looking for your reason not to hire Bill – you're going to have to do this again in three years, maybe four at the most. And do you want to be back in the cycle again, hoping to get it right? That's probably a reason to go away from that concept. 
ain't a lot of 75 year old guys walking around NFL sidelines and that not would typically. be season three for him um I don't know was this not going to be Connie Mack like managing the A's when he's 80 <laughs> in a suit right um you can't have a 75 year old leading your NFL team which means his third year that's what it would be it just there's a reason like Marv Levy remember him on the sidelines you were like Marv why are you here um it's everything that Nick Saban said about being 72 a couple of weeks ago. It's true about him. It's true about Belichick. It's true about Mac Brown. It's true about Pete Carroll. It just is. It's Do not you, one of those things that I want a 72, 73, 74 year old. He would be fine and he would function and maybe, I don't know, are perceived his lack of having a life outside of football. Maybe it'd be fine. He'd be dedicated and whatever right. energy he has. 72, 73, 74, Matt. I don't. Okay, but it is doesn't that, is seem it, that's the profile. Is that a football thing or a sports thing? Uh, as far as be, being concerned about the fatigue, it's mostly a football thing. Okay, because I was going to say, Dusty Baker has just finished up at 74. Ron Washington just got a job at 71. And I'm just asking because I don't know the mostly difference in the thing. amount of stress you put on that age having to be in charge of any of this stuff. I don't know. Hell, I hear Hubie talk NBA, and I'm like, go coach. Um, but – Football's different, man. It just really I, is. It's I, the hours. It's the, I, I agree. The, I don't know what it does. Again, I'm not 70, 71, 72. Um, I'm I mean, we guess joke the, about it. A 72-year-old goes to Piccadilly at what time? I, I, right, but I don't – Let's and I'm not being flippant about this. Dusty Baker just finished managing the, the uh, Astros at 74. Those games are late at night, and again, I'm not – like, that is not normal for the 74-year-old that your game starts – at 7, 8 o'clock, game's over at 10, you're not home till 2, you probably are not sleeping anyway, so I imagine the impact on the body is relatively the same. You're right, but once you get to the regular season, if you're a major league manager, basically with the DH, what your job is, you're, you're paid doing to in-game. watch a baseball game from the best seat in the, sta- in the stadium. I know, but you're doing in-game. I'm talking about the whole, the, the, the body itself. You're right. I, I don't know. You're I right. just, I don't know. Football's different, though. I'm with you in, in totality that, like, functionally, you're going to have to do this again, and you're going to have to get it right. The more coaching searches you have, the more – this is like anybody who has kids. The more kids you have, you're going to have one messed up. Like, the more coaches you keep hiring, you're going to get yeah. one wrong eventually. Yeah. Like, that's just – so if you keep Mike McCarthy, you're like, is Mike McCarthy perfect or close to it? No, but we think he's better and more stable than going out in the market and doing it again. That's essentially what it comes down to. Uh, let me remind you a couple of things here. Uh, Atlanta Sports Trips has got a big 2024 scheduled – and we want to take you along. So I had somebody ask uh, me a question last week. They're like, Matt, you always talk about Atlanta sports trips. What is it? Well, it's uh, the only service of its kind in Atlanta that takes sports fans on the road to see the biggest games. Turnkey, essentially game tickets, hotel, meet and greets, tailgates. You guys show up. The uh, the coordinators, travel coordinators, Atlanta sports trips do the rest. And we have a, a big menu of, of schedule of uh, trips we've got in 2024. We've been highlighting, though, our trip to Austin. Texas for Georgia and the Longhorns coming up in October. And the reason we wanted to start this early is that weekend's going to be crazy. F1 is in Austin. Hotels have gone through the roof in pricing. They're telling you they're sold out in a lot of places only to then post the prices, and they're out of this world ridiculous. But, Matt, I can't go. There's no hotel rooms. Well, there is. Atlanta Sports Trips have secured a wonderful hotel walking distance from Darrow Royal Stadium. We got it for an unbelievable price. I don't know how it happened, but it did. And I will guarantee you this, our total trip package from the hotel stay to the Friday night meet and greet, the Saturday tailgate, all of it is going to be a better bang for your buck than just paying for the hotel in Austin. But you have to reserve your spot before all of our inventory is gone. Our first full round of rooms was gone quickly. Our second is almost gone. Have to grab it before it's gone with a refundable deposit till we put the full trip details up. If that happens and you don't like the trip, 
You get your money back, so there's nothing to lose. Go to atlsportstrips.com to reserve your spot in Austin today. Again, atlsportstrips.com. So the math is telling us something about college football that's very disturbing and tough to listen to today. Yeah, it is. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, now the L.A. Chargers head coach. It was expected that he would be coaching an NFL team. We needed to wait and see which one. There's even plenty of speculation about the Chargers, but now it's official. Uh, but never a lot of hand-wringing. It was just win. Well, now that it is a signed document, Matt, that means 75% of the coaches in the college football playoff have left their jobs voluntarily within two weeks of the season ending. <laughs> Um, why this matters. The exodus of coaches from the college game is real, Uh, especially the best coaches with the most real options, including not coaching at all, like Nick Saban. Um, This will have a very tangible every game effect on the quality of play every Saturday of the season when you have guys saying something other than being a head coach in college is for me. Now, details and context mattered. One guy retired. One guy moved to the league, and then one guy took the vacated Bama job. The common thread is all three guys who left stepped directly into a, quote, easier day-to-day existence, including Kalen DeBoer, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, They all looked at their current spot and was like, yeah, that's enough of this for me. The head coaches at Washington, Texas, excuse me, Washington, uh, Alabama, and Michigan all said, I'm out of here. Um Coaching college football is even more difficult now than before, say, 2020, COVID, and then name, image, likeness, and all that other stuff. And here's the kicker. It's not nearly as much fun now. Um, And even more evidence about this is the two next candidates to take the Bama job. Who were they? The fourth playoff coach, Sarkeesian, and the guy who went 13-0 and barely missed the playoffs. All of the top coaches were in play to voluntarily leave what you have to imagine is one of the best set up for success positions in college football. How this is going to matter is there is a trickle down and not to beat up anybody, but like when you get to Derek Dooley coaching in the SEC again as a head coach, like we saw the tangible effect of that, didn't we? That's where we're heading, folks. We have really super high quality head coaches looking for something that is better than being head coach at Washington Michigan or Alabama, even if in the case of Kalen DeBoer, this is why I'm going to say it's, it's he's in an easier spot. Not off-field and fan interest and investment. I'm not saying all of that. It's crazy and you're following the man. I get that. If your season-to-season task is win 10, 11, or even 12 games on a consistent basis, it's easier for Kalen DeBoer to get that done in Tuscaloosa than Seattle. So on that case, even Kalen DeBoer went to a, quote, relatively easier spot. Matt, this has got to be alarming. These are the best of the best who are already in great spots. 75% of them are like, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, three of the four teams who met the playoffs don't have their coaches anymore. And, and that might be coincidence this year, but I think your overall point is something we've been talking about. I mean, if I'm good enough to have the, the call come from the NFL, yeah, I'm going to seriously consider it. If you're Jim Harbaugh, now Jim has a lot of things he's running from, so maybe it's more complex. But if I'm Jim and I don't have those issues, I'm still thinking I'm 60 years old. Schedule's better in the NFL. Money is probably going to be just as good because I have all this leverage. The hours are not going to be as taxing. I don't have to keep recruiting my own players anymore because once they put their name on a piece of paper, it's a contract. I don't have to deal with any of that other stuff. So I think that's an example of a lot of the – 
and I'm going to use the really good ones. There's only special ones who really get the NFL call, right? Like you have to be Harbaugh. You have to be, you know, the certain kind of college coach that intrigues the NFL. They all get the itch. Whether they scratch the itch or not, that's always to be determined. Most of them scratch it because they, there's the ego of can I do it. The call is coming for Kirby. I thought it was going to happen this offseason. I keep mentioning Dallas. Maybe it's another offseason away, but he's going to start getting a bunch of these and, calls. And, and now, I think he's going to listen because of that schedule you talk about. It's easier and it's more fun. Like, I've said this before, Matt. It can't be all serious issues and my kids fail in fourth grade and, you know, whatever, and problems with a neighbor. That can't be life. We have to have fun somewhere, even a head coach in the SEC, for instance. Um, but the fact that it is so much more difficult on top of removing a lot of the fun, I mean, folks, this is not just a one-time thing, I I fear. So add to it in Kirby's case or some of these coaches, when you're Kirby, you've already made all the money you can ever spend. You've already had an amount of success that, frankly, yeah. like I don't know if you'll ever be able to, to do this again when back-to-back. I, I would bet against it. So sure, that those factors even make it more intriguing to be like, what can I do there? with a better schedule, be with my kids a little bit more, not all the time, but a little bit more, have a better way of life, sleep a little bit more, not showing up in the Kirby copter in Waycross or landing on the football field in South Georgia. It's just it's a different set of circumstances. All right, uh, coming up, if you want to know what the rest of the NFL thinks of the Falcons hiring practices, I think this will make it very clear. They're boobs. <laughs> feel like we're giving too much away. We'll They're share terrible. with you next. Chuck and Chernoff are on the radio. Thanks for spending your Thursday right here on the uh, fan with us on 93.7 FM. 680 on the AM side. Yes, we are still doing AM radio and doing it well. And the 680 The Fan mobile app, which is uh, always your best friend. To make sure you're locked with the station both uh, in the morning with the locker room. With Buck after that, Nick and Chris, 11 to 2, and then our show each and every afternoon. Celebrate your sixth time. NL East champion Atlanta Braves, you can do it this Saturday. Braves Fest is back, presented by Delta Airlines. It's taking over Truist Park and the Battery Atlanta Braves Fest will get you closer to your favorite team than ever before. Uh, ever before. The full day gives you exciting events like player and coach appearances, player autographs, player photos, unique interactive experiences, it's an awesome day. I've done it last couple of years. You guys are going to love it, but you have to have a ticket. Tickets are free. I repeat, you have to have a ticket. They're free. Download your complimentary tickets and join us Saturday, 10 to 4 at Truist Park in the Battery Atlanta for Braves Fest, all presented by Delta Airlines. Again, get your free tickets and all the details on the event at braves.com slash bravesfest. Coming up, Chuck has some out-of-the-blue credit to give one struggling Atlanta franchise. No, blue, out of the blue credit. Yeah, credit. And there's no better time than now. He'll do that coming up. Can I mention one thing that I just read? So Pat McAfee said Brock Purdy is running the Shanahan offense better than Matt Ryan did in 2016. That's not accurate. <laughs> I don't watch Brock Purdy every play. I, I find that hard to believe because, again, Matt's the best quarterback that Shanny's ever had, and I think he executed the offense about as perfectly – as possible, and somebody posted the numbers. This doesn't tell the entire story, but just a, a glimpse that that year Matt completed 70% of his passes, 38 touchdowns, only seven interceptions, nearly 5,000 yards, a 117 passer rating, and the team averaged 34 points a game. 
That's, and then don't 34 forget, is not a real number in the NFL. That is such no. an absurd offense. Well, and then remember in the playoffs, he had one of the best three games run, uh, re, three game runs in the history of the playoffs. I think he has the highest postseason quarterback rating of all time based on that three games. So maybe Brock is doing stuff I don't know, but I find that hard to believe. Um, so I told you as the quarterback uh, coaching searches con- or the uh, coaching searches, excuse me, continue. Seattle, like Atlanta, is still looking for their coach. So is Washington. Your friend and mine, Dan Quinn, was in Seattle, I believe, today for the second coaching interview in this cycle with the Seahawks. And this just felt like the easiest one to connect the dots. He's been there. He went to a Super Bowl as the D.C. He won one. They went back to back. Like, oh, my gosh, this just plug and play. And I'm actually rooting for Coach Bro to get a second job just so another fan base has to understand our nightmare. I'm not rooting for that. I'm just wanting them to understand our hell. That every time you're in a four-point game with a minute to go and he looks up at the clock and doesn't understand what he's looking at, I want you to understand that that's a life that we led. But if Dan does not get this job in Seattle, I don't know that he's ever getting a job. Like this cycle, if it comes and goes, we keep doing this thing every year with Dan where the spin is like, oh, he wanted to go back to Dallas. He didn't like that job. Waiting for a better job. <laughs> Maybe that's the case, but Take I Take his it. name out of consideration. Typically, an agent will do that when they realize you're not getting the job. So we're going to say that, save some face, and you go back to Dallas. If Dan does not get a second job, Chuck, it adds to something I've talked about several times on this show. It's a theme with the Atlanta Falcons that the rest of the league has looked at their coaches or former coaches and even ones with success and said, no, 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 we're going to go somewhere else instead of giving this guy a second chance. And what I find interesting about that The NFL is always a league that if you had any modicum of success, you always get a second job. Like, I'm talking about you had an over 500 record. John Fox kept getting jobs. He got three of them. Dennis Green got jobs. What's that? George Seifert back in the day. Yeah. And he almost immediately got exposed in San Francisco. He was like, oh, he was a coattails guy. And then Carolina hired him. Rex Ryan got a second job. Jim Caldwell, Lovey Smith, Steve Mariucci goes on and on. Jim Moore is the only one that got a second chance. And one year into Seattle, he was 5-11. They went, oh, God. Mistake. Fired him after a year. Nobody gets fired after a year. But Seattle's like, big mistake. Screwed up. The Mike Smith one we've talked about over and over. Don't understand it. He had that level of success. The most successful run in franchise history here. Finished 20 games over 500. Nobody would give him a second shot. And I don't know what happens with Arthur Smith. Uh, maybe Arthur in another year gets another shot. I find it hard to believe a coach with three straight losing seasons is going to move back to the front of the line soon enough. But Dan is the one that, like I always thought this would be an easy chance. Somebody would give him a shot and then realize the mistake they made. If it's not Seattle, this continues an awful look for the Atlanta Falcons that the rest of the league doesn't care about what success or record your coaches had. They're not giving him a shot. And I don't know, if I'm the Falcons, that can't make me feel too good about what I did hiring them. Yeah, you want to know another measuring stick along that same vein is Bobby Petrino did what he did. Okay, that's an asterisk. He looked around. He was like, Mike Vick's in jail. I'm not getting a quarterback. We stink. I'm out. Other than Bobby Petrino, who just looked around for a dollar and took it. I don't think there's been a Falcons coach in history who ever left on his own, whoever said, I'm retiring. I'm going to do TV. I'm going to coach my alma mater. I'm doing like. You look around, every franchise has a coach at some point, like Joe Gibbs with Washington said, and I'm going to retire. 
Um, some you know, Jimmy Johnson's like, I'm going to TV. Jim Harbaugh said, I'm going to coaching college. Look how every single coach for the Falcons it has ended except for Bobby Petrino. Fired, 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 fired. Every one of them. How so is that possible you, in 60 years? Can I ask you one more? And I don't know this. I'm merely asking. How often does it happen where a coach gets to a Super Bowl in one place and doesn't get another shot somewhere else? It doesn't. Like, that it would doesn't. be Dan Quinn, right? It doesn't happen. It doesn't. Like, you got to come to a Super Bowl. The truth is, and I hope that these NFL people who do these searches, I mean, they vet all this stuff and whatever. I'll say two things about Dan. He was the coach of a team who went to a Super Bowl. Second line, he's not a good coach. Some can argue with me till they're blue in the face. I, I value clock management, coaching the game, management, all the – he's just not good at it. So maybe those teams who are still at least talking to him or seeing if that element – if they vet that element and they think he's gotten better at it, I don't know how they would, but maybe they think he's deserving of a shot. Or maybe they're saying what I just said. We know he took a team to a Super Bowl, but Kyle Shanahan was on the other side. Kyle was coaching the offense and scored 34 a game. That was the reason the Falcons went to the Super Bowl. Dan's culture and all those things I will not ignore. That's something. It's not good enough to get him another job. Maybe Seattle answers today and they give him the gig. And I'll root like crazy for them to hire him because I would love to watch it. What an extra bit of content for this show to have Dan Quinn back in the league. Oh, that would be fun. Just a little more fun for the program. All right, coming up in uh, five minutes, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess you, the Falcon fan, will love one of these two picks. But you're going to hate the other one. I'll share it with you around the corner. First, though, Chuck wants to give some out-of-the-blue credit to a struggling Atlanta franchise. I'm all ears. Yeah, and I will say no better time. Am I correct? Uh, we have to say it this way. Luca and the Mavs come to town tomorrow night, right? It's funny. you say, I didn't even realize until you just said that. That's no, how uh, much this team that the Hawks have turned me off that I'm not even looking at schedules right now. They're so bad. But, yes, they do. So, they'll be in town tomorrow night down at um, State, State Farm. Farm. So, we get Luca Trey it, brought back Absolutely. Yes. Now, there's two parts to this. I'm just going to say both of them up front. Too bad Trey might not play, by the way, but yeah. Yeah, the concussion. So, yeah. for all we know about the positives for Atlanta and the got-it-right aspects for Atlanta of trading Luka, who was drafted at three, to Dallas for Trey, who they took at five, we know all the positives and why it was a fit for the Hawks and all this other stuff. Dallas got a different level of player. However, at least the Hawks freaking took Luka. Yeah. Phoenix and Sacktown, Matt. <laughs> They found better options at one and two for a guy now throwing down 12 and 10 for Portland and a guy. Do you realize, do you know who went number two? Do you remember? Bagley, Marvin Bagley maybe? Jr. Yeah. Bagley, yeah. Okay. He wasn't starting for a team that lost 28 straight games. Do you know he got traded to Washington last week for two second round draft picks? Uh, those, are the, those are the two guys that went ahead. So at least, should we have made the trade for all the. Say, say no. You can say no. They got a different level of player, man. They've yeah. got a guy that looks Hall of Famer, annual MVP, all this other stuff. So he's a whiny B, but yeah. Me personally, I say the Hawks shouldn't have traded Luca, but the trade happened. It was damn near six years ago, so I'm not lamenting it. What I do think is the Hawks at least had Luca to trade, unlike the Suns, yeah, or the Kings. So at that, least there is one little box to check here. That's what you're doing. I like it. I like it. I don't do know, you know what to who do went with four it. between them. Jaron Jackson. Did he? I just yeah. don't remember that at all. Um. So, but, I, 
they, they because they did the hardest thing. We were talking about this earlier this week. He's the best player they've had since Dominique Wilkins. Right. Matt, outside of an unusual circumstance like we just talked about, and it was already six years ago, I don't know the next time. When would the Hawks get a player like Trey? So all of this is positive. Well, At least they drafted Luka. But uh, then it's hard to get him. me to say something very positive about them right now. And I'm not going to give him credit for trade, drafting him because they were drafting him to trade him. <laughs> like, I, I think that was, that was part I of the deal. It was all set up. But, I know. but I'll add this. Somewhere, someday, maybe we'll get the, the, the full story. Maybe it was all Travis Schlank who wanted it, or maybe it was ownership that was prodding to get, to get Trey here. And I don't know if we could sell the Luka you know, stuff to the Atlanta. I don't know. I have no idea. But I stand here and I still wonder, why can't these two players or these two franchises figure out what to do around these guys? The Hawks are a, a grease fire this year, no doubt. They're the 10 seed. Mm-hmm. Dallas is in the play-in again. Like, they're 24-20, and 20, just a little better than 500. Right now, they're the 8 seed. It's like, wow, these two franchises cannot, for the life, they both have star players. They both all like a guy that you would call generational, and neither can figure out how to get enough around them to go compete for a title. They both tried all kinds of stuff. Dallas most recently tried the Kyrie thing. Kyrie, yeah. I mean, Kyrie's having a good year statistically. I haven't watched Dallas to know, but I don't well, know. Well, they're scoring a 60 a night between them. Yeah, and it's barely above 500, though. I don't – like, I, I wonder. I'm going to wonder if teams like Boston, Milwaukee, teams like Philly, other teams in the Western Conference who are typically hovering Denver or whoever are looking at, like, Atlanta and Dallas, and like, oh, you guys are cute. You guys are playing every year. <laughs> Good for you. You guys live where you live. Dallas a little better than 500. You've been to one Western final with Luka. Trey won Eastern final with the Hawks. I don't know. They just can – neither team can figure it out, and I, I keep telling you. The race is on. One of them is going to ask out somewhere. I'm going to put my money on Luke asks out first. Oh, yeah. Trey doesn't want out here. Not yet. Not now. Not now. Not yet. He might. Yeah. I think I, Luca might be the one who just like verbalizes it first. So. Yeah, not yet is actually slightly more descriptive than not now. Um, right. I mean, it's, it's not like happen. he's. Yeah, not yet. He's going to get frustrated and losing sucks. And the, yeah. by the way, when you keep swapping out coaches and players and trades, the pretty soon, unfairly, people are going to say, "Well, damn, maybe it's Trey." Yeah. Trey's going to sure. get tired of all the crap. That's the that's the superstar tax, no doubt about it. Um, Jonathan Jones, ten minutes ago at uh, CBS, tweeted out that the Rams. Defensive coordinator Raheem Morris met with Falcon owner Arthur Blank and the executive group Tuesday night at Blank's home. So that just came out. One source said Raheem killed the interview. Another source said the group was impressed with his energy. Now uh, Raheem heads to Seattle for an interview there. Oh, breaking X. I, I he mean, killed the interview. I'm glad. I just, I'm not I, mocking this. How do you kill the interview if they've already talked defense with Bill Belichick? But you keep doing that. It's the, but you're not judging Bill against Raheem, the defensive minds. If Raheem comes in, you can keep the organization as is. That's what they're that's what they're valuing that against. If it's they Bill, knew it's, Raheem, he's worked there. I, I understand, but you're asking. You just talked to Bill. I'm saying to you, this is not just about defensive stuff. This is about this is about running the franchise, right? And with Bill running the franchise, you're turning over everything. That's part of this. You've been paying attention to all the back and forth of this. This isn't about Bill the coach. This is can can Arthur Blank get the best of both worlds? Can I get Belichick and can I get Rich to stay and can they all you know hug and kiss and love each other? If that doesn't happen. Okay. they're going to go another way. I told you yesterday, Raheem will be in a very underwhelming hire at the presser, but he might be the right head coach. What is the chance that Rich and like whoever else around the table that's not Arthur Blank, as soon as Raheem stops talking, they all just kind of sit back and are, wow, imp- love this guy, wow, yeah. Arthur, wow. 
But how, so how do we have a shot at Raheem? So Falcons that they had him as the interim three years ago, didn't deem he was the guy then and looked at Arthur Smith, but now, I, I don't know. Like I said, maybe it'll be a, a huge success if he's the guy, but it will be met with a lot of, oh. <laughs> like after this unbelievable comprehensive search, they're like, oh, it's the guy who's here already. Okay, so it's like the presidential race, like half of flowery branches, never Belichick? Is that's, that in, yes, okay? They're voting then, against the guy. Yeah. Yes. So um, it's way too early to do mock drafts. It's January, but, man, they're already starting to pop. Dane Brugler is one that you will hear us mention on this show between now and April. Dane does such a good job with his draft stuff, not necessarily caring about the mock and the order, but it's a, it's kind of a good, like, idea to take a peek at where some of these players might land, not team-wise, but in the draft. And specifically with the Falcons, Chuck, I wanted to mention this to the audience. Dane at the Athletic dropped his uh, two-round mock draft last week. Falcon fans will be very happy at number eight. Dane uh, Brugler mocks Jaden Daniels to Atlanta. Uh, at eight? I have a hard time thinking he would ever be there. Okay. All right, I without think, a trade. I think the top three are all going to be quarterbacks. I agree with you. Well, I think it's going to be so, like the Kyle okay, draft, absolutely. Daniels will be fun, but I don't think he'll be there. So then you get to number eight, and you have some other things to think about. But let me run through just some of the notables that uh, Brugler mentions in his mock for the top ten. He's got Caleb Williams going one to the Bears. Drake May, two to Washington, and Marvin Harrison, number three, to the Patriots. Then he's got Malik Neighbors, the stud wide receiver from LSU to Arizona at four. And, yes, Brock Bowers at number five to the Chargers to play for Jim Harbaugh and catch passes from Justin Herbert. I told you at eight, he's got uh, the Falcons taking Jaden Daniels. And at nine, Dallas Turner to the Bears. So they get a pass rusher. Some other notables in round one. Uh, Brugler has Terry and Arnold, the Bama corner, number 12 to Denver. He turned himself into a monster prospect. He was supposed to be the other corner opposite Kool-Aid. And remember, they brought in a kid. You don't care about this. Well, I mean, it's fine. Okay, they brought in a kid, Trey Amos. That was good. good. Okay. Uh, Bama offensive tackle, J.C. Latham, 13 to the Raiders. It's a better prospect than Kool-Aid. Well, I'm going to get to Kool-Aid in a minute. Uh, Jared Verse, the Florida State, a pass rusher, 14 to the Saints. Good for him because he could have come out last year, quote, bet on himself. He got paid in name, image, likeness, but he bet on himself, and it's a higher draft projection, at least at this point, than it was a year ago. Uh, Georgia offensive lineman Amarius Mims, 18 to the Bengals, so he'd protect Joe Burrow. Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy, 19 to the Rams. A little rich for me, but um, the desperate need for a quarterback? I guess. And he could get a year or two if you want. Uh, your guy, Kool-Aid Kinstry from Bama, number 26 to Tampa. Punt returner, too. Yeah. Then you bounce around to round two. A.D. Mitchell to Carolina. They need weapons for Bryce. Bo Nix, number 34 to the New England Patriots. So in round one, they would get Marvin Harrison. Round two, Bo Nix. I think you're intrigued. I'm intrigued by Bo Nix. I'm wondering about at that slot because where did they say they're, having, they're taking Harrison? Number three. Okay, yeah, I knew that's their spot in the first round, a receiver that high. You don't do that. I, I would typically agree. Kamari Lassiter, corner, Georgia would go 38 to the Titans to play for the new head coach, Brian Callahan. And then your Atlanta Falcons would take Jalen Polk, wide receiver, wide receiver, Washington, which will drive people crazy, but you have to, you have to acknowledge they need another receiver opposite of Drake and a quality one. The, the deal with Drake is pretty simple. Drake is good. Drake's not great. 
Drake's not a typical number one receiver in the league the way that you think of a number one. And it's not fair to compare it to, like, Mike Evans or Julio Jones or, like, what you know what a one looks like. Drake's a 1A or a 1B. He's fine. He's really good. Jalen Polk is 6'2", 204, caught 70 passes, 1,160 yards for Washington. So it would give you another legit option for whoever the quarterback is. But when I talk about Drake, London, like, look at C.D. Lamb. That's, that's what a number one looks like. Or in his prime, A.J. Brown. Drake is really good, contested balls, can do all kinds of stuff. I just don't, I don't think he's a speed guy. I don't think he's a, like, an incredible route runner. I think he's good. I just don't think he's great. So adding another receiver in the round two might tick you off, but it makes sense. For whatever it's worth, and I think this is accurate, man. I mentioned this the other day. As far as receivers, Drake's the only one under contract. So you have to come up with a way to add, like, five more receivers anyway. Right. Like, you have to. I imagine finding Kaderil Hodge another contract might be easier. Okay, Scotty but Miller. do you want Kaderil Hodge and Mac Hollins and Demir Bird and as my fourth, fifth, and sixth receivers, maybe? But nothing more than that, right? Nothing more than that. I, I, I would think it'd be, it'd be hilarious if if the Falcons took Brock Bowers, <laughs> best player on the board when we pick at eight. Just hilarious. Hilarious in a couple of different ways. Yeah, by hilarious you mean uh, that nothing has changed in Flowery Branch despite, like, it st- would still be a mismatch of a roster. In fact, I'm going to say a receiver is possible. Right. Hell, Brock Bowers is possible. Sure Absolutely he is. he's possible. I take all that back. Absolutely he's possible. You could take two tight ends in four years in the top ten. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, you don't need to blaspheme about it. <laughs> oh... It's not easy, folks, being a Falcon fan. Not easy at all. I love Brock. I do. I love Brock. But (laughs) the Falcons need a lot more than Brock at this point. Uh, All right, coming up, a lot of folks listening right now are about to have their favorite college football season of all time. Like me and favor me. That is some hyperbole I can jump aboard with. We'll find out if it's true next. Chuck and Chernoff are on the radio. Thanks so much for spending your Thursday here. Hope you're making it a day-long experience, waking up at the locker room 6 to 10, locking it in there with Buck for an hour of sports power. Nick and Chris, Domino battling through the back surgery. He's back. Warrior. That's right. And then uh, Chuck and Chernoff after that. Yep. No, that's, that's, that's very true. I, I wouldn't lie to you about that. Um, we have another gambling story in sports to uh, talk about, and this one's got a lot of a lot of legs to it. We'll get to that coming up in a moment. But Chuck said a lot of you listening right now are about to have literally your favorite college football season of all time. Can you prove that? Uh, I think we'll see it play out in front of us, Matt. Um, because a lot of you, and I mean different fan bases, you are about to get the breaking news. Uh oh. We've got breaking news. What do we have? Say it. Ah, uh, we have breaking news, gentlemen. Say it. The Atlanta Falcons are set to hire Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris to be their next head coach. For real? Uh, it's according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. I'm looking at it on the television right now. How many Fs? Like five Fs? Or Tom Pelissero has it here, too. It's now being mentioned everywhere. I guess wow. he did kill the interview. I guess he did. Wow. I, 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 did he I have just, a PowerPoint? Did he have notebooks? I, I Listen, Raheem is a likable dude, and I hope you know I hope it works. I'm a Falcon fan. Absolutely. This is not going to be received very well. 
just again, you had him in your building three years ago. He was here. You didn't have to go through all the three years of the Arthur Smith Michigas. But Raheem Morris, now confirmed by several NFL insiders, is set to be the next head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. If you got it right, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. This is a this is a Falcons look to it. This has a Falcons <laughs> look. Like literally, they get the guy that was already here. Like not right. another choice. That all right. And he went I hope four it works. and seven. I hope the, it works. So do I. Went four and seven as an interim. Don't know what to do with any of that. I'm not saying that should be judged in the middle of it. But I, the good things I've heard about Raheem, a lot of different things, right? Defensive side of the ball and offensive side of the ball. He's worked on both sides. He was receiver coach receivers. here. Yeah. He was a DC here. Now he's worked with Sean McVay. Can Raheem lead the room? Can he find the right OC? Can he find the right DC? Because, again, he's going to be the CEO of this thing. And uh, it should be noted the first min- uh, minority head coach hire, the full-time hire yeah. for Arthur Blank and the Falcon franchise. Emmett so. coached a couple of games when Petrino did. did his thing. Yeah, but um, the first but full-time. You're right. right. So. All right, so who's the quarterback? And at this point, who's the OC? At least if it were somebody on that side of the ball, you'd have known. That's really – and Raheem, because this is what I – my take on Raheem, you got a competent, professional guy to run the defense and the organization. He's – Go Raheem. Um, who's the quarterback and who's going to run the offense? Because so we'll find, all, we'll find out who runs the offense. Yeah, we'll find out who runs the offense sooner than obviously the quarterback. But I would say this. You see, I don't think he's running the defense. I'm sure he'll have his input on the defense. Yeah, he's running the team. Yeah, but who he hires as the D.C. will have the same kind of uh, beliefs and, and ideas that he has. I guess I would wonder, and I have not looked at the staff in L.A. Like, is there – who is their offensive coordinator? McVay calls the plays – is there a chance he tries to take somebody from the staff in L.A. with him back here? I don't know what other relationships he has, maybe going back to Tampa. Because remember, folks, he was the head coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks for three years. He had one 10-6 year and two losing seasons. So part of what the Falcons said they were looking for was a coach who had experience, maybe not a first-timer. Raheem Morris checks that box. Again, it's forgotten by a lot of people. But uh, Raheem was the head coach of the Bucks in 20, 2009, 2010, 2011. He who went three and 13, there? ten and six, and then four and twelve. Try to remember who the quarterback was those three seasons. 2009, ten. I, uh, is that a yeah. Josh Freeman? Is that a? Oh, no good call. It was Josh Freeman. Absolutely right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he's 21 and 38 in his career. In his career. God, I hope I, they got. This I'm going right. to guess that ten and six season was. Remember the season Josh Freeman went like 28 and five or something. Was that the year you wanted to replace Matt Ryan with him? No, 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 no. I think that, like, over time, you've changed oh. that. You've, oh. you've rounded right. off that statement. I thought you did a topic I distinctly remember about Josh Freeman. You would do this once a week. You're like, this better Ryan. This guy's better Ryan. A topic. Once a week, we're going to talk to Tampa quarterback as it's Thursday. No, we hadn't done it, it in anybody. a week. It was anybody. It was like, so, see, you know my memory's not good. But if I had low here, you'd be like, oh, yeah, there was, like, we can go in the database. Oh, notes. I wanted I wanted Billy Volick. <laughs> Maybe. I so wanted Mike Charlie Lef- Whitehurst. Mike LaFleur is the Rams OC. Now, to get him away from L.A., you would have to give him an assistant head coaching title along with. Yeah, it can be lateral. Right. So I, maybe Mike LaFleur, who was, by the way, he was in the building, I think. Wasn't he Maybe. part of the, the shanty tree here in 16? Wasn't it Matt and Mike? I believe so. I'd have to double check my math on that. Um, again, a couple of things here. So I'll give the Falcons credit on one thing. They're not caring about winning the press conference. And that there is, they're not going to win the presser with this. Yep, Get it right. That's the key. Now, Maybe Raheem kills the presser. He gets up there and we're like, oh, we love the energy, and it'll, it'll be great. Getting it right is always the most important thing. And I'm pleasantly surprised that Arthur didn't give in to his want to 
get Belichick for some of the ancillary reasons of primetime football and the attention and the, uh, uh, the fo- like all the things that with Raheem, you'll get a blip in the news cycle. You won't get any more of that. Here's the bad side, Chuck. You sitting down? Will be for a, a while. Yeah. Rich McKay won. You have to tack on again. He won again. Like, there's been a lot of people that have come into the building. They've all left. He stayed. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. What happens with Bill Belichick? Because it's now going to be harder to sell. Hey, we got a lot of other teams. Some of them, remember the report, the two seconds that there was a rumor? Some teams that still have a head coach are sniffing around Bill Belichick. Well, it's time to get real serious about getting those 15 wins, Bill. The only two jobs remaining are Washington and Seattle. So... Uh, we gave you the report a couple of minutes ago. Jonathan Jones had it from CBS that Raheem Morris, and this didn't come out till today, had a, a meeting at Arthur Blank's house on Tuesday night with the Falcons executive brass from the AMB, with Falcons execs, and with Arthur Blank, and uh, they came away beyond impressed. Let's hope for all our sakes they got it right. Let's Let's hope they got it right. It's just a weird thing to bring back the guy that was the interim. like Because at the presser, and this is the Falcons have never been good at pressers. <laughs> But at the presser, I hope that they're, like, prepared for what did you like about him now that you didn't like in 2020? What was the difference you saw in him today they're than you say, did after, after he was he, the interim for 11 games? Yeah, they're going to say no coach is the same guy he was three years ago. Now, a lot of coaches are, like Belichick, maybe still the same guy. But he's a Super Bowl champion now, isn't he? Was he already he a Super Bowl champion? He was a part of that uh, staff. And by the way, that's just something you get to say, and it's nice, and it's better than not being. I don't know that it makes you more capable because um, plenty of people who don't have that. But um, he's that's that's going to be the response. Is he's a different guy than he was three years ago, and he's gotten more experience, and he's seen more on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, whatever they're going to spin it as in he's a different guy. They will also have to answer a ton of stuff about Belichick. It seemed like he was the the guy, the runaway leader at the beginning. What changed your mind? Did he want to change in structure? Is the podium going to include Rich and Terry along with Raheem? Are they going to allow their general manager to be at the press conference because they didn't allow him last time? He was busy. There's just so much of this. The presser is going to be fascinating. Am I? No, I am being crappy. This is not professional, um, especially when it's got this public. I hope Belichick found out from like Derek Thomas. Oh, Belichick found out on the crawl. Oh, Belichick was driving around listening to the radio and found out that well. the job's gone. I, would say I hope that like they didn't call him well, and say, "Look, to. Bill, I want to let you know." I don't. I mean, I don't think it's not like he's your coach. You're not. No, 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 no. But I'm saying, you, if the owner yeah. was this much in you, and you had the two in persons and all that, I hope he yeah. found out on the news. So, if you're just joining us, Raheem Morris is going to be named the next head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Again, the hire might be great, and I so hope it is. Raheem's a is an easy to root for dude. Uh, everybody brags on the kind of leader he is. A lot of folks thought this was a cycle for him to get the chance, and I'll give whoever. I'm trying to think, Chuck. Was it Weish? There were one or two guys on this early that were like, oh, it was Florio. I think oh, Florio that's real. had it. They said it's real. Yeah. That if it's not Belichick, Raheem is the opposite. Yep. No way. I remember I got, that. I thought, I thought the public perception of him already being here would be too much for Arthur to sign off on. But, again, the good of it is this might be a great hire. The bad is I've got to trust that Rich McKay got it right. And that, whoa, that frightens me. So now they have the process of building a staff. I did uh, get the uh, word that Michael Floor was indeed on the Falcon staff in 2015, 2016. That was the Shanny staff that had Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, Mike LaFleur, Mike McDaniel, just a superstar offensive side of the ball. And uh, 
Raheem was the wide receiver coach. Wide receivers coach. Did they bring Richard Smith to run the defense and then Dan took it over from him? He did, and then uh, Raheem moved over to the D.C. at some point. I think he got that shot or defensive side of the ball, defensive back coach. Yeah, and then Dan got whacked and they moved him up to finish the year. He did indeed. Like I said, went four and seven in his 11 games. I remember we had some conversations at the time. Would they consider Raheem? And we're like, no, you never consider the uh, interim. It's just not something you do. You open up the search, and three years later, it leads him back to Atlanta. So we have a lot more to discuss on Raheem Morris. He will be named the uh, next head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. So stay tuned. We've got uh, the latest on that, what the uh, NFL insiders have to say about uh, how this all came together over the last 48 hours. We'll talk about where the Falcons go from here. We'll cover it all next. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. 